We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's postgame show. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, Joe Simons. This is kind of a role reversal. I'm doing the intros here, and uh, Joe has to sit here and wait for me to say something stupid. Uh, for anybody that doesn't recognize the face, former co-host of Blazers Outsiders, good friend, the homie, Joe. For anybody who was in there uh, watching the live stream uh, watch party, Joe popped in what was supposed to be for five minutes and decided to hang out and shoot the shit for the whole game, so... Uh, Joe, thank you. Brandon, uh, it is going to be a, uh, a special one just because uh, this is like uh, breeding o- bringing over your mistress uh, <laughs> to meet the wife. Who's Wait, which I, I, one of us is the mistress? You're the mistress this time. <laughs> oh, okay. Bra- Bra- Brandon's the new host, man. Brandon, Although, I'm sorry you had to find out this way. Now, that's okay. You know, I thought I was the new second wife. You were the ex-wife, but okay, I guess you're the mistress. I we'll mean, just have to deal with it. Just, just cheating a little bit. Uh, Blazers fall 120-105, lose their 21st game of the season, fall to 13-21 and on the year, which these are all just stellar numbers to read off, I'm sure. Um, turns out being tall matters in the NBA, gentlemen. Did you, did you know? Yeah, Utah had more tall guys than Portland did tonight. There's the analysis. Let's rank our top 10 <laughs> golf courses. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we made it that far. Uh, and, uh, Has- oh, go ahead, Jed. I was just going to say, we were on Hassan Whiteside double-double watch during the watch party, and uh, he oh, got he, there. He finished. There's a there, Listen, Hassan knew what he was doing. Hassan knew what he was doing. 15 Let's, and 11. Yeah. Oh, God. Of course, his favorite son. You know, the rebounding numbers are almost identical. 46-45. I was actually really surprised by that because the Jazz had 13 offensive rebounds. Somehow the Blazers had 11. Larry Nance Jr. had four. Uh, the crime dog, Fred McGriff. Uh, I'm kidding. Of course, Cameron McGriff had three, but Anthony Simons also had three. It's kind of like, like if you're looking for a couple high points in this game, Dame had 32, six, and four. Uh, yep. Norm was on fire and then cooled off some, but still had a hell of a game. Nance came on late, almost messed around, had a triple-double, 14-9-9. Probably Nance's most complete game as a trailblazer. Um, Ant got to his spots and did what he needs to do, just didn't knock him down. I think those are the kind of like big scheme takeaway things, and Nasir Little didn't look like he rolled his ankle as bad as we all feared. I think that's kind of like the the fear at this point, right? 
Um, yeah, you just don't want to see the guys get hurt. And Joe, you know, we had said this in the pregame. Like one of my big things was I didn't expect them to win this game, but the Dallas game, they showed no life, no heart. Like at least in this game, yeah. they they made it somewhat interesting at points, cut to like six or eight. You were going to win, but at least they showed that they gave a shit. That was nice to see. Yeah, they gave a shit. We had a little bit of a sweat in the second half. Mm-hmm. Danny and I looked at each other at one point and was like, huh, well, maybe, yeah, yeah. and then it, of course, didn't turn out to be. But this is the result you expect. They lose by yeah. 15 to a top-tier team in the Western Conference. Jazz covered teams. easily. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. one of the – congratulations, cha-ching. They're one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. But to your point, the Dallas game was a train wreck. Anytime poor Zingas looks competent, I'm frustrated because he is the smallest 7-3 person i've ever seen in my life that has ever existed and for portland to actually show a little life for norm to have a big first half dame put in 32 you get some stuff from larry i'm looking for other things up and down the stat sheet they're not really there <laughs> you're, you're this is what you're gonna you like this please? team right now yeah i mean look <laughs> this is a 13 and 21 team this is what you're gonna get against a superior opponent they showed some life and that's that mm-hmm. what, what, what was your your overall Good, bad, or otherwise that you you take in this game, Brandon? I, I mean, the good actually to me, despite what the stats say, I I, I did think Anthony, Anthony played a really good game. And I know he couldn't hit a shot tonight, but he got all of the looks he wants to get. Mm-hmm. He got the close range looks. He got the long ball ones. He had some off dribble moves that I thought he really strong. And it just unfortunately wasn't his night. Like, But in takeaways of, of games like this, it's it can sound stupid, but for a young player like Ant, like just getting to your spot and getting the looks that you're most comfortable with, sometimes those are the biggest confidence builders for players like that. So that was kind of my biggest takeaway outside of, you know, Dame had a productive night and Larry almost had a triple double. It was that Ant at least got to his spots. If he does that in the next game against the Lakers, it's only a matter of time before he hits those shots. And I think we feel drastically different about what kind of game he's given. Between now let's just say now and the trade deadline i mean i I guess i should have better prepared this uh i I was wondering how many games there are um between now and the deadline i think it's 15 it's 15 or 16 is that it wow yeah it's not that many games man Uh, because i mean it's really only like a a little bit more than a month is it february 10th Uh, 10th 10th or 12th i can never remember what it is uh, actually, no, it's later. So the la- the last game they play is on the 16th, so it might be a few more than that. So they're gonna actually, you know, they're they are gonna have more games than that. So game 35 to game 57. So there's 20 21 games there. Um, so you're gonna you're that's right. They, I forgot. This is that that January schedule. Um, when the schedule first released, I was like, oh, that sucks. It's a six-game road trip. It's six games through the Eastern Conference, and it's six games in ten nights. So you've got 21 games. 22 with a Laker game. How many games do they need to win for you to be like, okay, I can see them in the play-in. Like, the, do, basically do the same dumb shit that they have done for six years. Where they have one stretch run in January, February, where you're like, really? You're going to do this again? Well, if they go 500 
in those games, let's say they go 11 and 10, then they go into the trade deadline, seven games under 500, which is still on the outside looking in of the play-in. And if they go 11 and 10 in the next 21, I think we'd probably agree that they're probably playing pretty good basketball. Cause even though a lot of those teams, a lot of those games rather are against the East, they're going to those gyms. That's it's a long road trip. Like you said, and I'd be impressed that, if this, they did that. This team on the road this year. I don't know if you guys have noticed they've, they've won three games. Joe, if Could they go two. eleven and ten, no, so it's two. Yeah. Okay. If yeah. if they go eleven and ten in the next twenty one, you need to go buy lottery tickets. Like yeah. that shit is not happening. <laughs> this oh, team's man. bad. <laughs> so like, Brandon, what about you? Like, is, is there like a number I, where you're like, ah, oh, hell, they'll do it? No, I I don't. No, like, you like I'm trying be, to. Joe, you should be Joe's punting. Back. <laughs> you should just be punting. Like the season's over. Wave the white flag. Like it's finito, man. Like you're not making a move yet. Uh, CJ, you know, is down. Nurk is down right now with the COVID stuff. Like, and a couple of those guys should be back on on Friday. Work out a deal. Start working on deals and start thinking about how to get Dame healthy. Like, that's what you should be caring the most about, not the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament, it, you accomplish nothing with the play-in tournament. And there's nothing you, you accomplish at all with it. Well, you lose your asset. You, you, you lose your asset, but the, you know, the ownership group gets a couple, you know, $2 million for that. And then if they do make the playoffs, another, you know, million or so a game. The ownership group that's destroying an NFL team and an NBA team at mm-hmm. the same time—I yeah. give two shits about them. Uh, listen, I—I I, I don't care about them. I'm just saying that's like if—if if it was, you know, if they're trying to steer one way or the other, and they get a trumpet the playoff streak if they somehow find a way to sneak in. Somebody just running behind Neil Olshay to pick up his <laughs> shitty white flag. But you can't be a competent like Joe Cronin. If we're to believe he's a competent, we all thought. hope he is. Well. Yeah, if we're to think Joe's competent, though, like, yeah, he's got to value that asset more than he does saying, hey, we made the play-in tournament. Oh, we want a play-in game. Well, yeah. and that's the thing about Cronin, too. You guys had an interesting discussion the other day about do you want an interim GM the other day? I think it was three weeks ago. Do you want an interim GM making what could be the most important moves for the franchise? And I think Joe Cronin's an interesting case because, as you guys have talked about before, there's only 30 of these jobs. Mm-hmm. But Joe Cronin doesn't seem like he would be in a position where he would make a lot of really good, savvy moves and then move on to another GM job. I think no, if, if he, he made if he a gets lot of it, he's staying. Right, exactly. But my point is, do you think there's a situation where Joe Cronin has this interim tag? They bring in a permanent GM and Joe Cronin bolts to another team, or is it more likely Joe Cronin stays on? and be still remains in his role as like the salary cap guru. So I think he's invested in the long term, even though he'll be making interim GM moves, which is a pretty unique situation for someone to be in. I mean, that's an odd move in itself. Is it not Joe? Like if, if he is given the green light for the CJ trade and let's say he, he makes it whatever that is, but they still go hire the next general manager. It's like right. he made the biggest move that that person could have made. But you're still. But they kind of out. they did that once before. I, yeah, they did but that Chad with Chad. Didn't stick around, but he didn't stick around. But that's that. what I'm saying. He 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 basically did every he did everything except submit the phone call for Damian Lillard, and then he went to Indiana. Kind of the same situation. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But Jody and Bert must have so much belief in Joe, not only to give him this opportunity, but because he's been someone who's with the organization for, what is it, 14, 16 years? No, he's been been here a long time. Yeah. And that's where I think that's that's the that's the thing that I think is beneficial because he has been here so long. He has been a part of the franchise. He has been through he served under KP. He worked with KP and Chad and Joe. I mean, he was part of multiple iterations of teams. He was part of the Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge, Greg Oden era. Like he has been through a lot of big time changes. And my first thought was when this summer, when the, the Spolster stuff kind of got winded, like if, if they went with an interim in the meantime, like if they got rid of Neil in the, in the summer, because there was, there was still a little bit of smoke there. I started asking around, and you know, uh, who would be in charge in, in the meantime? And Branch and Rosenberry have both been there for a long time, and they're actually the assistant GMs. And everybody I talked to was like, no, nah, it'll be Cronin. It'll, it'll, it'll be Joe. Like, he's he's the guy. And so this wasn't like a, a real shock when he stepped into that role. And so if he's empowered and he's getting that opportunity, and he was he interviewed for the Kings GM job last summer. Like, he's he was quietly behind the scenes moving his way up, and I, I found all this stuff out really a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, really? I, did, I wasn't aware. And... If he's if he's the one pushing all of this now, 
if you want me to be cynical, him being empowered could just be he's the cheapest option. Like if you're if you're talking about it from like a financial point. But I think it is he's the cheapest option and he's probably the best option because not only do you get fresh eyes and a sense of vision, you get somebody who understands the inner workings of your organization better than anybody. Well, and I think I, you're hitting on the biggest thing there though to me is the cheap part. And and I hate to stick with just that part of it, but I mean I just was uh, my buddy Brady covers the Seahawks. He's brought this up. Mm-hmm. They just gave Pete Carroll a five-year extension. He ain't going nowhere. Well, right. But if he is, that's a lot of money to pay out of that contract. What were they doing the investigation on Neil for so long for? It was so they didn't have to pay him 20 to 25. We'll see what he ends up getting if he gets anything at all. But this is an ownership group that clearly cares about spending any money whatsoever. I, I think it's a lot of what you're saying. Like, yes, it, it's nice that he's familiar with it, but – he really would be cheaper than prying somebody away from Chicago, wouldn't he? Yes, because Chicago's going to want compensation because that that group is not exactly they're, they're, they sold second round draft picks for a decade because right. they just you know they wanted money, which is hilarious because Jordan Bell just signed a ten day deal with the Chicago Bulls. So to come full circle, they finally got mm-hmm. their guy. Well, and as evidenced by the press conference that happened three weeks ago, the expectations of basketball operations for the trailblazers are so damn low right now. If Cronin is able to pull the trigger on a CJ trade, you get something back for Nurk and Rocco just do sort of the bare minimum stuff that we're asking, which is a lot in the realm of what the trailblazers have done in the past decade. But if you're able to execute those moves and get something close to appropriate value back, it's going to be a really easy sale sell from the ownership group to say yep Cronin is our guy moving forward the fans will be happy because he did the things he was supposed to do and the ownership group to your point Sprig, will be very happy because he's a cheap option you know yeah. Every, Danny Ainge was floated around you know what Danny Ainge wouldn't have been cheap that was <laughs> yeah. going to be an expensive yeah. hire if they were going to pull him out of retirement not only that he wasn't leaving Utah he was yeah. going to want ownership stake like that was yeah. going to be a problem no, in the him being hired by Utah, we, you you know we kind of talked about this over the last couple of weeks. Is that the only way he was going to come out? Is because it, everything fit perfectly because he's back in Utah. He gets to do things the way he wants to do it. He gets to have his cake and eat it too. He was not going to get that in Portland. He was going to have to. He's going into Utah. He doesn't have to make any big changes. He just needs to kind of like middle around the edges. No, there's no. The expectations are already built into the organization, not for him to come in and fix it. He doesn't come into Portland and fix this immediately. And Ainge's the kind of guy where if that's the case, he's going to want to go, nah, let's clear the whole chessboard and start from scratch. Not, you know, oh yeah, no, I'm going to funnel and change the whole organization and have a timeline put on me immediately. You're talking about a guy who's, again, who's had two heart attacks. He's not about that life right now. Well, and Joe, we, we, we asked you this during the live stream, but for the people who weren't on the live stream, you know, you're you're a big Blazer fan, admittedly. Obviously, you cover the team for years and years. But this is a season, and I, I think a lot of people can um, relate to it. It's like a season where if you miss a couple games, it's not that big a deal because, you know, you're watching a team get blown out every night. How close are they for you where you need to see a deal done? Like, I, we got somebody tweeted us, and I, I think there's a lot of this going on. It's just call me when you make a move because people are tired of seeing you trot out the same roster over and over. Well, that's the thing is 
there's a lot of games left in this season and you have to make a decision about what you're going to do. And the decision to continually, like you say, trot out this roster is not one that anyone is going to be in favor of. You have to sort of plant your flag in the ground and say, here's the direction we're going to go. And even if you decide to do, I guess conservative might be the wrong word, but if you decide to go a route of not getting someone in return who is going to be super splashy or help you win right away, if you were to maybe stash some picks, get some guys like, I don't know, a Ben Simmons who is really good long-term. Maybe he's not going to translate to enough wins to do something this season, but you bring in a Ben Simmons, you let Greg Brown get a lot of minutes, right? Ant plays a lot of minutes. You let the young kids run and you sell that to the fans, putting something exciting and different on the floor, regardless of what it is, is what I'm after. I can't continue to watch this same product yeah. all season. I don't really care what it is. Give me something different let me see a different product on the floor because it's stale and like watching a game tonight is a perfect example. We're excited about the Blazers showing some fight in the third and fourth quarter to cut it to seven, to cut it to 12, which is insane, which is insane. It's not meaningful. I'm going to take the Lakers game out of it because if they beat LA on new year's Eve, that'll be a lot of fun. That's like a singular thing. But over the course of January, they're not going to win many games. It's going to get worse and worse, and it's going to continue to build upon a thing where fans get frustrated to the point of not watching and not coming to the arena more than they already are. And that's ultimately what has been historically the most motivating factor for this franchise under Paul Allen. Mm -hmm. It was was monetarily. It was, uh, listen, the jailblazer years, guys aren't coming in the arena – so you you compact that with with the COVID nonsense and uh, a product that you don't want to watch. Even if you willfully tank, if you go, here's your light at the end of the tunnel. Here is your light at the end of the tunnel. Is that, listen, you can sell Damian Lillard breaking Clyde Drexler's all-time scoring record. That is a legitimate thing you can sell. That is a pinnacle achievement. That when you're talking about Blazers records outside of Bill Walton's MVP and title, Clyde Drexler's marks, those are the marks for this franchise. And when you break that, that's something you can sell. That's something you can celebrate. That's something you can look forward to. Over the next mm. 30 days, you can sell that. Because over the next 30 days, he's going to be right in that window. It's February, first weekish of February, as long as he stays healthy and on the same path. Honestly, when I did the math, it was, I think it was him averaging like 24, 25 a game. If he gets back to Damian Lillard averaging 29, 30 a game, we might see that a bit, you know, a bit sooner. But that's a real thing. So there's your first light. Let's say you make one move, Covington out the door or Yusuf Nurkic out the door, and you bring something new and shiny in. Remember that Mason Plumlee deal? Everybody was pissed about Mason Plumlee being dealt. The entire locker room hated that deal. But Nurk came in and you got Nurk fever. You, you, you had a light. Hell, people were more excited about the first round pick. They're like, hmm, what can you do with this? This is going to be interesting. It's just, it's, they just haven't had that in, in so long. Well, can I, I'll push back just a little bit here. This is not a, a knock. I, I think for a lot of people, I'm curious both your opinions on this. I think for a lot of people, Dame is already the best blazer of all time. And if he's not for some, I, I, I think it's a it. generational like, thing. Well, yeah, it's probably a generational thing, but I, maybe for people around our age, He's probably already solidified that. Mm-hmm. I, 
I don't know if that's a real big buildup. You talk about having light. I don't know if people, hey, in the next month, Dame's going to break that record. I think Dame's going to break the record at some point. So I'm not really, that doesn't like, oh, I need to tune in. And if he breaks it in the game, they're losing by 25. I, I just, I don't know what that does for a whole lot of people. You know what I mean? Like he's already done enough for me where if he breaks those records, cool, but it doesn't, that doesn't change things for me. I, I feel how I feel about Dame now versus whatever, how many points away he is from that record. So just your first thing in general is like crazy. The second part of this that you're talking about of what's the move, it's insane. I was just thinking about this week, a calendar year away from right now in 2020, we were talking about the start of another season after a bubble year. And now we're already at a point where fast forward a year later, we're dismantling a team. And the general manager has been fired and the coach is fired and the owner sucks even worse. Like it's nuts to put all of this in context and say a year ago, what were we saying and thinking about this team and what we're seeing and watching happen now, one year later, it just, it's, it's funny how fast all that stuff moves. COVID yes, might have expedited it. If I can jump in just exactly a year ago, almost like this week, James Harden was coming to town. This was this was a, a city that he named as he wanted to come here. And we're mm -hmm. thinking, you know, some people were pushing back, but others were like, all right, we get Harden in. We get a backcourt that can score 80 points a game. Nurk, if he gets healthy, we get a few more pieces. Rocco, da 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 And we're putting together like a possible scenario of actually putting a title contender together. And here we are, like you said, a year later. And, you know, I, I got to side with Brandon here, Danny. I don't necessarily think Dame achieving that record would change the opinion of me or anyone who thinks he's the greatest blazer ever or those who I don't think it's more just a carrot into that opinion. And I agree with you there. Yeah. I think it's a thing that ownership can sell, you know, Calabro can talk about Lamar can talk about. You can it's, build it's it thing. for a couple of weeks. Exactly. It's a yeah. thing you can talk about for a month. Uh, I, I happen to think Dame is the greatest blazer of all time. I, I've thought this for uh, a year or two. I do think it's a generational thing. Um, I think from an ownership perspective, yes, it is a carrot, but from a fan perspective, if it, if it, if it does come in a blowout, like I don't necessarily think it's going to be something that Dame himself will even be able to be excited about because the team yeah. will be in such disarray at that point. I think which you, is a bummer. You look at it, you look at Steph chasing the three point record. It's not going to be quite that, but I think you can spend a couple weeks, which we, we essentially for, for, for more or less. We have a month between now and the trade deadline. Month and a half if you're being, you know, specific about it. But I think you can float some things. I think you can do a small trade. I think you can sell Dame chasing that, the team getting a couple wins. Because the schedule does get easier opponent-wise. The problem is they play a truckload of games on the road. It's 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 a... they they. they they have that six-game stretch on the road. It's it's going to be a make-or-break kind of point. But then they have a big chunk of home games. Then they have two different home stands. Uh, one in, in January, and they have one in the beginning of February, right up to the All-Star break. I think it's from the 4th to the 12th. And they've been okay at home, as long as they've, they're healthy. They've been okay. And I think you can sell enough wins. I think you can sell enough good stuff to string it out until the All-Star break. And then the the other shoe drops. That that that's to me is like your best case scenario outside of a a Godfather offer that comes in 
in, in that meantime, which I don't expect to see happen. Well, but Danny, I mean, you might be right on the schedule. They're two games away from being like one of the four worst teams in the whole league. I, I don't think they deserve any amount of the schedule gets easier type talk. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're the team people circle and say, hey, well, we they, they are Portland a get right team. Yeah, they're the yeah. get right team. It's 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 going to be interesting. That's that, that's the thing that I keep coming back to of like, how I, I are they going to play it all out? Yeah, I think you guys are you guys are probably right. I, and I, I again, I don't mean to belittle the achievement of what Dame's going to do past Clyde. Like, obviously, that's monumental. I just, it's a, it's going to be a really weird vibe and feel. I think if it's in a game where they are getting blown out, like yeah. we're going to stop and we're going to celebrate Dame. Congratulations, you're number one. Oh, continue getting your ass kicked now. Like that's, it's going to be return a really, to your normal programming. Oh, it's going to be a really shitty feeling. And then Joe reminds me that, yeah, it was a year ago. The Harden stuff happened. And I remember I was in my brother-in-law's. I walked into my brother-in-law's house and he goes, dude, we're getting hardened. And I said, what? And I opened Twitter and I saw the Haynes thing. And it was like Portland, one of five teams. And I remember just thinking, holy shit this the ship has come in this is this is the one thing they needed to happen and they couldn't get that move to happen like it was the one thing that i think if had they pulled that off we're sitting here talking about an entirely different team and situation especially with this year's western conference which seemingly sucks outside of phoenix and golden state do you want to hate neil a little bit more I've told i don't you, know if, i've told I don't you know if i can hate anybody any more than i already do Harden was open, legitimately open to coming to Portland. He what does just that actually mean he like he would he would have accepted a move to Portland. Now I had heard that they made the move, that they had put in their offer, that CJ was involved, young yes. assets were involved. Yes. They to to Neil's defense, not that he needs well, he needs better legal defense now, but to Neil's defense, uh, I had heard he at least did what he was supposed to do in that situation. He did. He didn't go the full nine yards. So he didn't go the full nine yards. And the reason is, is that James told him that he would go to free agency because he wants to be a free agent. He has never been a free agent in his NBA career. He wants to be wined and dined and experience that, which is why he still hasn't signed an extension with the Nets. And he won't either. Yeah, no, play that he, is, he is going to become a free agent. That is what he is going to do. And so Neil was not willing to make the offer necessary to make that happen that's but. so gutless that's so gutless <laughs> hey man take a flyer man i know what are we doing here you and i had this exact discussion joe and look I, at brooklyn like, brooklyn didn't give a shit they were like oh you're gonna be here for a year and a half cool come on in yeah okay. sounds fun yeah God. 180 million tied up and you guys sure well it's the paul george Kawhi thing it's like we're gonna lose him in a year i don't give a shit man yeah. like get him here and let's Figure it win out. in Nobody wanted to go to Golden State 10 years ago. No. I remember because I watched the NBA. They were a <laughs> laughing stock. It's like, come on, just take effing risk on some stuff. Well, that's the thing is like right after the Kawhi thing happened in Toronto where they literally had a rental for a year, got an NBA championship out of it. You have the test case that proves you can ascend to the highest of heights when this happens and then to still not make the move is just, mm. well, he's not here anymore. So cheers to that. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Um, we haven't really talked about this game other than a, a little bit here or there. And that's mostly on purpose. <laughs> uh, it was it was a situation where a team that was significantly bigger 
realized that they could have whatever they wanted and decided it was like a cat playing with with a mouse uh and there's no amount of anything that's going to change that until they get guys out of covid protocols so that part of it aside did you see at least enough life from this team to to keep you at least interested in coming back and watching this team because after that dallas game i had more dms and texts and emails from people of like screw this man i'm out so so many fans were just like nah and i obviously i wasn't in the building tonight we can't be in the building tonight or at least i can't um I'm I'm interested to see like what the fan turnout was tonight, what the reaction was, because <coughs> excuse me, everybody who covers this team said the same thing after that Dallas game. Like that was that was a gutless performance. That was just inexcusable. Did you guys at least see at least enough fight like keep you interested? No. <laughs> That's... Our answers are yes, Danny. So I'm waiting for Joe to. I want to know what Joe's answer is because I'll tell you, if I wasn't doing the pod with you, I'd have the same answer as Joe. I, I wouldn't give a shit about this team. That's the thing. As someone who went from covering this team to not covering this team, I don't give a shit about this team. It sucks because because there's 82 so of them things. Time. Well, that. But I spent so much time thinking about this team for four years, and I immediately went into this mode where I didn't have to anymore, and for about. 12 to 15 games, Sprague asked me during the watch party, you know, how much am I in the day to day of yeah. doing this? And, you know, at first I was, okay, let's, let's give it a shot. And, you know, they had the winning streak at home. So it's like, all right, well, you can talk yourself into this a little bit, but I'm grasping at straws here, guys. They're 13 and 21. Utah's obviously a superior team, even with everyone healthy playing for the Blazers. Like Utah, if you take the, 12 best players on these rosters, Utah probably has eight of them. And that's going to be the way it is. Unfortunately, most nights for the Blazers this season. And we have seen way more nights like the Mavericks game than we did tonight, where I guess you can make an argument that they showed a little bit of fight, but you know, even, you know, like Nas was kind of a non-factor. He ran around got some rebounds, but he had two points hurt his ankle a little bit ant played okay but i feel like i'm really grasping at stuff every single when night the young say, guys don't bring something it's a little like... something that's the thing <sighs> and it goes back to our earlier point of sort of the big picture if you can give fans something to point to and say this is what i want out of this team i want to see the young guys do some stuff trotting out the same old lineup ain't doing it for me anymore and we're what 34 games into the season like and they've made the lineup change remember even when Covington was healthy, Nance is the starter. Like, they've already... that, Which I agree with. Yeah, they played that card. Look, Larry's an NBA player. I'm very happy with Larry. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's been a good addition to the team. He gives a shit. He is fired up. Like, I really enjoy what he brings to this team and this organization as a whole. Um, it has made zero actual impact. Yeah. Exactly. It makes yeah. no impact. Like... And that's not, a, that's not diff- a, shot, a shot at Larry. No, it's not. It's just he's state he's a team. much different player than Rodney Hood, but he did the same sort of thing where Rodney came in. It's like, yeah, he does a thing, and it's great, and it makes an impact to a degree, but like, it's not going to change the bottom line. Yeah, the, the tough thing for me is, you know, like over the years, Danny, you you decided this in the, pre, uh, the pregame of they've had starts very similar to this multiple times, but they've always been able to have that random run mm-hmm. that digs them out of it. They make a postseason run. This this doesn't feel like that's gonna happen. 
Nope, we, lo- we lost your spark. Oh, oh. you got me? Yeah, you're okay. back. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Um, this just doesn't feel like it's going to happen with this team. And the other thing is those runs that they had when they turn it around, we were still kind of at the start in the infancy of Dame CJ. Yeah. Like they were at 31 and 32 years old. Yes. That that's, that's played out now, right? It's played out. We know what it is. We know what can be. There's nothing to look forward to with this. And, and I'll take this step further. I know that they're pretty good dudes. This franchise really panicked when they had the jailblazer era and this team was yeah. awful. They had off the court stuff. They don't have off the court stuff, but this team is just as bad. Like it really mm. is getting to that level for me where I think the city's pretty damn close to just hitting the mute button for a while, like being done. Which is insane considering well, I it is. It, no, I, I'm 100% with you. But when you are the show in town and you can't keep eyeballs, that is a problem. Well, and especially now because football season, I mean, college football season wrapped up for the state of Oregon. This today. is when you're supposed to take off. Right. Yeah. January, February, NFL playoffs are going to be winding down. You get into February, March. All right. Here's where everyone comes in and the focus is solely on the NBA. It's probably not a good thing for the Blazers right now. No. You're the Timbers like, deserve all the Yeah, you know, like right you're sitting there yes. like, yeah, come on, Timbers, you know? Yeah. The, the Timbers team that was just in the championship game, their second in, what, five years? Mm-hmm. I love hearing Timbers fans complain. I was like, shut up. I mean, if you have you seen, did you see the numbers for the Christmas Day NBA games versus no, the NFL? I did not see those. So, like, the, the biggest viewed game on the NBA schedule was 5 million. The NFL had 28 and 27 million respective viewers. Like, it's not only that's clearly the sport of America, but it's, I think it's also an indication of the NBA is not I, in great shape right now. No, the NBA is in real dog shit place there it's when you have five guys playing at one time for your team and two or three of those dudes and they're your best players are out what are you watching like the blazers trotted out dame tonight that's cool norm played but there was a moment where it was cameron mcgriff uh uh brandon williams brandon williams anthony simons uh what's the big reggie perry like dudes like most of us have not even heard of we're watching that tonight People paid to go watch that at the Moda Center tonight. It's not a it's not a product that's really that enticing. Yeah, that's kind of the it's a great it's a great time to have you on, Joe. Let me tell you. <laughs> it, it's just it's 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 a pleasure to be here. It's... Let me let me just say, uh, we'll we'll get out of here on that because it's it we're this horse can only be lifted up and paddled so many times. Um, it's nice to have this is the variation with Joe. Like, yeah, that's we exactly did this last time. And now we have Joe yeah. here to do it with us. Right? Exactly. There's An different paddle. There's different <laughs> angles. You can, you can kind of go at, and then sometimes you can lift the horse up a little bit higher <laughs> and get to the underbelly. Uh, so to speak, uh, Joe, let everybody know where they can find, uh, your, your, your podcast work. Yeah. Uh, I do a golf podcast. It's called at the turn. Uh, we're shut down podcast. for the season. Because it's December, but we'll be back in January. We're going to be talking some Hawaii golf, and I'm sure every other episode will be about Tiger Woods because he played in the golf tournament a couple of weeks ago, and we're very excited about it. At the turn, wherever you get your podcasts. Joe, I have a couple golf things for you before you sign off here. Do Let's it. go. One, as a golf, just a golf fan, because I'm a Tiger groupie. Sure. Um, were you hurt or not hurt by the fact that Tiger and Charlie got more views than the Open Championship? Not hurt. It's okay. Tiger. 
That's a good point. Give me Two. every single Tiger Charlie synced up video ever. They're great. They're fantastic. Can't get enough. Yeah, the kid's going to win a major. Um, <laughs> second, you mentioned Hawaii golf. Have you played Kapolei Golf Club? <sighs> I did play it in August. I was say, didn't you just go? Wait, I you did. played it in yeah. August? I did. I played the plantation course in August. I played in August, too. Were you out there? Yeah. Wait, were you that guy who hit into me? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that place is spectacular, isn't it? I, oh, beautiful. I didn't play well because me and my buddy were just assholes taking pictures the whole time, letting people play through, just drinking drinks. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Because That's what I was doing. I'd have yeah. a bad shot and I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm taking a photo of this. It's too nice. It's spectacular nice. place. And I love going to a nice course and the staff treats you yes. like a normal person. And everyone there was first class. It was beautiful. They made the bag tag for you. Yeah, loved it. Oh, yeah. They treated me like royalty. Um, all right. And then I'm going to give you my top 10 metro area golf courses. And Do I, of the of the top 10, I want you to tell me how many you hate. OK, okay? that you disagree with. Yeah. So I'm going to go in order from one to 10. Number one, Stone Creek. Number two, Shehalem Glen. Number three, the Reserve North. Number four, Pumpkin Ridge Private. Number five, Langdon. Number six, Rose City. Number seven, Heron Blue. Number eight, Eastmo, number nine, Glendevere West, and number 10, underrated, Quo Valley. I love the list. I like that you ranked Rose City so high. I'm a <laughs> Rose City guy. My yes. foursome fucking hates Rose City. What? I love that golf course. It's a great course. Um, very happy with your top five. Stone Creek, I agree. Number one, um, Glendevere West over Glendevere East. I take a little bit of umbrage with, but overall, your top 10, Sublime. I think it's really strong. Really the tree, strong. The trees at Glendevere were the big deciding factor. I need a little more open because I can't narrowly hit those fairways. I understand. I understand. Yeah. You really got to hit the ball straight there. Don't don't ever <laughs> listen to Joe when he patronizes you on golf, by the way, ever. I'm not patronizing. I, I really think Sprague had a great top five. Like, I had no notes in the top No, five. I was talking about when, you when you're like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, you need to have it real open, real open. That's <laughs> Guys, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. No, Anytime. thank you thanks for coming on, on brother. Appreciate you. Uh, we'll get out of here on that, guys. You can find us on social media, at Jack Ramsey's, at Danny Morang, at Joe Simon Says, at Brandon Sprague. Love you guys. We will catch you guys for the live show tomorrow. Brandon, what time do you want to go? You want to go 5, 5.30, 6? What are you feeling? Let's do, uh, let's do 5. All right, we'll go at 5 tomorrow afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll get in there, and we'll kind of dig in some stuff, have some more fun chill shoot it up a little bit and uh maybe we'll, we'll rope joe back in after the blazers um suck last time until then take care talk soon have a wonderful